It's been many weeks since the bombing in Archeon, and the palace remains tight-lipped about the group calling themselves the Scarlet Guard. Who are these red terrorists, and what makes them think they can hide from us? Was this a one-time strike, or the start of something bigger? The wait continues for official news from the king himself. I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today, we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aviard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. The next morning, I opened my eyes to see a shaded figure standing by my bedside. This is it. I left. I broke the rules. And they're going to kill me for it but not without a fight. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode eight, Red Queen, chapter 15. Okay, wow. So who is this shadowy figure standing over Mayor? Oh, it's um, it's, it's Walsh. Mayor completely overreacted. Walsh is the servant that trained her right when she first came in, correct? Sort of. Basically. Yeah. Trained is an odd way to put it, but yes. Yeah, kind of showed her the ropes of being a servant. Yeah. Mayor darn near kills her in this situation. She yeah. Yeah. springs out of bed, lightning armed, yeah. ready to launch Walsh and make a Walsh size hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. Because she thinks she's in trouble for leaving. Yeah, right. Exactly. Even though she left with Cal. Yeah. And it was Maven's idea. Exactly. But we get a little surprise from Walsh. Yeah. She mouths some words to Mare uh-huh. and then gives her a cup of uh-huh. tea, quote-unquote. Tea. With a message in the bottom. What, what does she mouth? So first, she mouths, rise, red as the dawn, which is like the creed of the Scarlet Guard. Yeah, same thing in Shay's letter. Yes. Same thing we've heard other members of the Scarlet Guard mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And, he, and what Mare said, when she... It did the thing. Correct. Yeah. The thing that she did. The thing that she did. <laughs> so what does the message say? Uh, the message, it's only one word. It's midnight. Midnight. Yeah. Not a place, just midnight. just midnight. So is Mare excited about this? I mean, is this a... Yes. She's excited, but nervous. She's excited about... The, you know, the, the thing, the actual getting to meet the Scarlet Guard. The prospect the of prospect helping, of some helping them. And, but she's nervous that she's going to get caught or it's not going to work out. Something's going to go wrong. Correct. That's but, what worries her. And right, and she can feel cameras everywhere. And she knows mm-hmm. Alara can read minds. Yeah. So it's like, how, how are we going to pull this off? But, mm-hmm. so she also comes, she also has a, another... Note there, this one's from Alara, correct? Mm-hmm. With the new schedule. Yeah. What's the change in the schedule? There's something new she's doing. Uh, the only real change in the schedule is now she has training. Which is what Cal told her she needed. He mm-hmm. said, you need some training. But she has no idea what exactly she's in for. Yeah. Yeah. So then at this point, we skip to, in the story, to Lucas taking her to training. And there's a kind of a... <laughs> kind of a little bit of a back and forth between these two, a conversation that I think kind of sets the differences between Silvers and Reds. Even for a, a Silver like Lucas, who doesn't seem to be necessarily a bad guy, is treated Mare okay, but you see the, the different ideology they have from yeah. their, their upbringing. So, the thing, the thing about this conversation is it starts so normal and so civil, and then it just it escalates real quick from there. Like, real quick. Right, because he comments about her... Her attitude. Mm-hmm. He says, I think the quote is, be prepared. The instructors are famous for being able to break even the strongest soldiers. They won't take well to your sass. Yeah. And then Mare actually proves his point for him by making one of the sassiest comments she possibly could have made, which is, well, I don't take well to being broken. You're proving his point for him, honey. Right. He's trying to make the point. Yeah, he, she is. 100%. <laughs> Then she asks him about training. She asks mm-hmm. him what training is like, and he says, basically, he was in the Army at nine, so yeah. his experience is going to be different. Yeah. And Mary's just like, whoa, so young. That seems so, like, impossible. 
Right. And then he also discusses that the best place for training is at the front. Even the princes go to the front, basically, yeah. is what he says, the war mm-hmm. front. And, and then we have... This is when it starts escalating Right, a we bit. leads into a discussion that I think kind of sets them a little bit at odds, but, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, Mayor basically says that he's not a soldier anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and Lucas says, like, you know, it wears on you, and you're not meant to be at war for that long. Like, you're not meant to survive war for that long. Right. And not a thing you should be able to do. Mare immediately snaps back uh-huh. with her typical sass. Uh-huh, yeah. Which says, is a place where it's very useful, actually. It's yes. a useful use right. of your sass. And exactly. she says, it wears on you. Men are not meant to be at war for long. That's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. She says, what about the Reds? Can they stand war better than Silvers? Like, yeah. you guys don't seem to care how long Reds are at war. Exactly. Which is a valid point. Yeah, and the conversation just keeps escalating from here. So... Lucas says, that's the way the world works. Reds serve, Reds work, Reds fight. It's what they're good at. It's what they're meant to do. Not everyone is special. Right, like... (laughs) Uh Uh-uh! And he he knows he's talking to a Red. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like, um, you see, though, 100 years plus, this is what Silvers have been raised on. This is what they believe because it's been their reality for a hundred years, so why would they think anything different? Exactly. It's so easy to be dismissive when you believe that that's just the absolute truth because that's what you've lived. Oh, we've got a mutter in here. Oh, nice. Yep. Put another one down for the mutter count. Does does Mare have any response to Lucas from this? She basically just says... But she's she's she tries to keep her emotions in check. She knows that she can't just lash out at him because she's already on thin ice. She started on thin ice. She right. can't get any thinner. Yeah, like you can't get it any worse without it just being like gone. Right, and also I think all of that. Mare knows it's an argument that you're not going to win. Right. In two minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. From yeah. someone who clearly sees things. And, a specific way. Yeah, they're they're at training right, right now. By the way, they're outside the training. Right, they, the they, training hall. Clearly, Silver's even even Cal when he discusses wanting to help, but there's nothing he can do. The Silvers clearly don't see Reds, other than maybe Julian. Don't see Reds yeah. as anything comparable to Silver. They see exactly. them as a completely different species. Even uh-huh. though, like, the king has said, red brothers and equality right. and all this other stuff, they don't believe that's, that. That's well, all political speech to try to get, yeah, for support. It's a dirty liar. Dirty liar. Okay, so we get to training. Tell us a little bit about training. Training. This is a thing. So, uh, Mayor, you know, first walks into training... I know, she gets, like, into her training uniform, right? Yeah. She gets into her training uniform, her her outfit. And the first thing that happens is Evangeline starts making fun of her. Of course. Yeah, of course, because that's, that's just how Evangeline do. And Mare Ma- has a great description of Evangeline here. She calls her an insufferable icicle of bone and metal. Right. <laughs> and it's... The reason that Mayor doesn't say or do anything in retaliation is because Evangeline's sitting there with all this exposed metal she can yeah. easily use right. to Evangeline steal her Mayor in a heartbeat. Just yeah. give her a reason. Evangeline's got metal everywhere. Yeah. She's, she's, and she's the future queen, so what can Mayor do exactly. to try to And Evangeline already doesn't like Mayor because think, she showed her up. I, right? I, so I, it's just like she's just waiting for a reason to lash out at her right. at this point. Mayor's not going to give her that I feel like... Yet. As far as, like, powers, you know, you've got Cal who can do the fire. You've got Alar, we know what she can do with mines, which are incredible powers. As far as just physically intimidating, Evangeline, to me, is one of the most physically intimidating. If you actually saw yeah. someone standing there with floating shards of metal all around them that they can launch at you at any moment. Yeah. That's just, like, that would be terrifying. And they have black eyes. They do. The Samos family has black, black eyes. eyes. Like, freaking Crycheck. In that one season of the X-Files. Oh, the, the oil, the alien oil yeah, that got into them. Yeah, the alien oil eyes. Yeah. Yeah, their eyes are black. That's freaky. Yeah. So that's... 
That's the Stalmos family for you. So the first thing she does is goes and looking for the only friendly face that she has at this point, which is Maven. Yay! <laughs> Maven gives her a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reality check? Yeah, but like unintentional reality yeah. check. He did. He didn't mean for it to come out the way it came it out, did, but it pretty but it much like devastated Mare when he said it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have the exact quote? Yeah, he says, "When we go back to the capital, we won't have to see her so much. She and Cal will have their hands full touring the country, fulfilling their duties, and we'll have ours." Right, and I think he was trying to reassure her, but it came out. Really yeah, wrong. right. And like, everything's talking happened. about them as a couple. I think literally makes Mayor's stomach want to turn right. at this point in time. And I think and they also she's almost like curls onto the training floor. Everything's happened to her so fast, and she's right. in this roller coaster. And she knows she knows. I think at some level that they're leaving and she's going, but that just hammered it home to her. That, mm-hmm. Oh, we're leaving Somerton, and I'm going away from home. Yeah. And I'm only going to be surrounded by these people. Oh, yeah, and I'm marrying this guy. Exactly. And I don't even know. Like, he, he meant it to be nice and kind and reassuring, but it just it just made her think about all the things that she has kind of been trying to keep out of her mind about this situation come right up. Yeah. And she doesn't like that. <clears throat> and then Mary he prefers to run from her problems. Right. Then he takes it a step further and wants to know how her trip home was. So Cal didn't do her a favor and tell Maven any of this stuff. Of course not. Like, I'll leave it to Mare to tell Maven all of this stuff. All this. Everything Mm -hmm. that happened. Right. So then she has to talk about finding out that Shade died before Mm -hmm. they could get him home. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a fun combo, isn't it? It's a very fun conversation. Maven's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm sure he didn't deserve that. Like, I mean... It's her brother. Like, that's the best you can do, that's, that's the <laughs> Right. Most doc standard answer. Like, puts his hand on her back and pats her on the back and is he like, didn't even there, tell her. there, buddy. There, like, there, buddy. It's like he didn't even tell her. He just sent it out in a tweet. Yeah, for real. <laughs> She's really sorry. Thin. Yeah. Hashtag sorry. She's really hash brown sorry. <laughs> Cobra Kai reference. Right. Cobra Kai reference. Yeah. She's really happy that Maven can't read minds like his mom because. She's petrified that somebody's going to find out she's in the guard. Yeah. Right. And this is where we get a helpful description that says Silvers usually get their ability from their dad. Yes. So. Maven. And they. And nobody has more than one ability. Exactly. So Maven's a burner. That's all we have to worry about. He didn't get any whisper powers from Alara. He's just a burner. He's just a burner. He can only control actual fire and burn people. It's nothing to worry about. Cal strolls in with the instructor, and it... All swole-like. Yeah, all swole-like. I put that on here. Here comes swole Cal. (laughs) Mare notices his swoleness, because she does say... She actually says bulk, I think. Yeah, she says bulk. She loves Mom! But even the instructor, the instructor, she even, the author even referenced it when the instructor comes in that he's standing next to Cal. He looks small next to Cal's swoleness. Mm -hmm. He's just small. Yeah. Swolitude. Swolitude. Swolosity. Swolosity. Yeah. Swolitude because of the fortress Fortress of of Swolitude. That's right. Where he's got like 800 suits of armor or whatever. Let's talk about Arvin. Oh, Lord. It's Rain Arvin, is that correct, the name? Yeah. yeah. And what is Arvin's okay. ability? What is he called and what, is it, what does he do? He's a silencer. Yeah. He's so silent. Silent, And yeah. they turn off abilities, basically. Yeah. Yes. They, have the, they have the ability to negate all other abilities. Is there someone... So it's like the opposite of Cartman. Right. I was going to say, is there a Cartman amongst the Silvers that has the power to have all powers? Yeah, like a Peter Petrelli that, like, abs- absorbs your powers Correct. when you use them around him. Or he no, could I be like Siler who has is. to cut into their brain to get their powers. Correct. Correct. Some deep heroes cuts here. First season of Heroes, fantastic. Also, the I know... The point you, is, no, there's not. Right. You, you guys haven't read the book, but this... Instructor reminds me so much of the teacher in The Name of the Wind. It's hilarious. Like, they could be the same freaking character. Their names even sound alike. Like, his is, I think, Kilvin or something like that. So it still ends in V-E-N. Yeah, like, I had a really hard time in my head when I was reading this not picturing the same character that I had pictured when I read The Name of the Wind 
four times that I've read it. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy's, I have that, this guy's it, pretty awesome. Talking about our, discussing our casting and how everyone, it seems like, for the most part, the overwhelming majority of the internet is in favor of Timothy Chalamet for Maven. Mm-hmm. That's who I see in it. But sometimes I see him, like, on a desert planet with blue eyes because I'm thinking about Dune. Yeah. Zendaya's there. And they yeah. have, right. like, little canulas coming out of their nose. I got you. Yeah. But So, it, I there was some humor in this part, I thought, when they were doing training. And they have run, they have, have them run laps, and Mare's like, sweet, I can run laps, I can do this, I run. all she does is run. I'm she really good at running. Everything. Then all of a sudden, there's a telkey over in the corner that makes the wall move, <laughs> like on Wipeout, and she's basically just like, it does with this thing. That's wipeout. what I was thinking of the whole time I was watching it. I was like, this is freaking Wipeout, wipeout. only you can't stand back from afar and like watch what it does, because the, in this part... They tell you, but it's weird to think about. There's no technology in this room. All of this stuff is being moved by a telkey. Right. So the thing, the obstacles and stuff, they're not moving on their own. They have no technology. Somebody has to be there to move it. The Silvers yeah, are so, so dependent all, on their abilities. It, technology really isn't a big thing mm-hmm. for them. And yeah. also, it is dependent on what the telkey wants to do. Like, right. It's not like they're going on specific... Hinges necessarily, yeah. or they're going at a specific interval or anything. The so, Toki can change it whenever he wants. I think he did it specifically when Mare was running by. I'm 100% sure he did it. <laughs> Everybody laughs at Mare except Maven. After looking to his partner next to him and saying, Here, hold my beard, <laughs> he started moving. He started moving them. He just tells the instructor, He's just like, Here, hold it for a second. I gotta go do this. So then after these laps, we go to target practice. We don't get much. We just see Mare miss like her first target, then hit her second target. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of jump. Yes. Forward. We go to lessons again, which is always enter- entertaining when you Yay. have Julian. Yay. Guys, Julian's guys, here. Julian's back. What's hey, the- guys, Julian's here. <laughs> Everybody, come on in. Julian's here. Got some words of wisdom. <laughs> you may have taken it a step too far. Yeah. When, Come and get your Norda lessons. What's the first? But he's looking at something when she walks in, and she realizes what it is. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. he looking at? He's looking at uh, death lists of all the people who have died fighting in uh, the Lakelander War. Some light reading, then. Oh yeah, just, oh yeah, just, yeah. Just, 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 just I picked this up for a bit of light reading. Yeah, Mare wants to see shade in it but she knows that he won't be there because he's executed yeah for desertion right. and that mm-hmm. uh, deserters yeah. wouldn't make it into yeah a book like julian that. can tell something's wrong with her as soon as she walks in i wrote because she sucks at hiding her emotions <laughs> this is correct she's awful at hiding her feelings she literally makes a lamp switch on and off in rhythm with her heartbeat yeah. Like, girl, calm down. <laughs> and she's not happy about the schedule either because it's less time with Julian and more time in training where clearly yeah. everybody hates her. Right. She has to spend more time they with took, Evangeline, which they she took really an didn't hour want. For lessons. And in, she's angry. And in the training, Maven was the only one that, like, slowed down yeah. with her. Right. So he's at least, you know, not being a total. Well, and Julian is like, I don't think I can help you. Basically, you know, like you're more powerful than what I'm capable of teaching. And she realizes that Cal didn't tell Maven what had happened at her house, but he told Julian. And she is instantly peeved again. Yes. Like instantly. Instantly. And And Julian is like, I mean, you can't blame him for what happened. Like somebody that you can't blame him for telling me somebody had, he had to tell somebody. Yeah. That can't go right. unreported, basically. And this is when she kind of finds out what Julian's ability is all about. Correct? This is because he's able to calm her down. Yeah. I had to read this like three times. To understand what was actually yeah. happening. I was you like, have to go back. Yeah. Freaky. It's kind of trippy the first time you read it. Because he basically sings to her. Yeah. But that's his ability. He can control what you do or your mind, but he has to be making eye contact and singing. Correct? Mm-hmm. Other than the eye contact, it's just like us with Taylor Swift. <laughs> you can see the she eye... can make us do literally anything, anything she wants. The eye contact is what makes it really weird. It's yeah. super creepy. He has to like be staring at you, and right. then his voice just gets like really 
re- like really beautiful. Yeah, like and, and melodic. Then, yeah. Well, and like, then you just do whatever he wants you to. Or like how a cat will walk in and go to the litter box and look right at you <laughs> the whole time. Oh, while it's deucing? While it's deucing, yes. <laughs> You're going to have to pick this up later. You stare a hole in your soul. And then you sweep up all the litter and you come back in and we've, the cat has spelled out ha with an exclamation point in litter. We've broken Mia. But then he kind of calms her down, then she gets more upset because she realized he used his powers on her. Right. Yeah, and she was like, you know, maybe it's stupid for me to not think, what is Julian's ability? Like, yeah. why did I never think about this before? Did I just forget he was silver for a minute? Yeah, she just had made assumptions that because he was relegated to this room with all these books, that his power must have been something inconsequential because otherwise he would be like, a general or something like right. that, you know. Yeah. But this is also when we find out that his sister, the former queen, Corianne, had the same ability, and there were people who believed she just used it to get to be the queen. Right. Yeah. That she talked Tiberius into proposing to her because she was not chosen by Queen's trial. Yeah. She and Tiberius married for love, which was not normal. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they met at some thing, and they, like, actually fell in love. And he actually proposed to her of his own will. That's incredibly unheard of. Yeah, and she believed in more, like, equality between the Reds and the Silvers and knew that Cal was going to be the king someday, and she wanted to raise him to view Reds more fairly and maybe make some changes to bring peace to Norda and end the war. And when she came out against the high silver houses in that, I'm going to guess probably especially House Samos, since we know that they're responsible for all the guns and bullets and ammo and everything. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want the war to end. So instead of letting her raise Cal to be this good king that Norda deserves, they kill her. Yeah. She actually angered uh, House Mirandus a lot more. Made them very angry. Yeah, the, the quote from the book is, They hated her because we were from a low house, because we didn't have strength or power or any silly thing those people uphold. And when my sister became queen, she threatened to change all that. She was kind, compassionate, a mother who could raise Cal to be the king this country needed and to unite us all. A king who wouldn't be afraid of change, but that never came to be. And when I was researching all of this, uh, like putting together our review, I stumbled across some spoilers for what actually happened to Corey Ann from Broken Throne. I know, and now I'm really bummed because I wanted to read that story, and now I know what happens in it. You can still read it. I'll still read it, but... Because it's really good. We're not going to drop any spoilers here, listeners. Don't worry, but mm-hmm. be careful on the internet because the internet they, is dark and full of spoilers. Yeah, they will be there. If you look at, like, a fan wiki or something, they will be there. On a lighter note, what was the uh, the nickname that Julian has for the king? King Tiberius? <laughs> Mom, over it. I don't have it in my notes. Oh. You call him Tybe? Yeah. And Mare's response. And <laughs> Mare's response is hilarious. so funny. I'm going to read it. She says, Calling Tiberius Calor the Sixth, King of Norda, Flame of the North, anything less than eight syllables seems preposterous. Yeah, it totally made me think of Daenerys, Stormborn, Tyg- Tar- Targaryen. First of her name. Mother of dragons. Mother of dragons. Breaker of chains. Was it one Terminator all that movie? Kind of stuff. Oh, wait. Yeah. There's like eight different things that you had to call her. And that dude was making fun of him. Right. She was going to sell her dragons or whatever and making fun of her name. And she unleashed her dragons and they burned the whole city down. But I think it also shows a little bit that there's. Julian has a familiarity with these people. 
very clear, close familiarity familiarity at one time that he literally calls the king Tybe. So there's clearly a was a connection at one time. Julian kind of seems at this point, I think, and to me, he doesn't seem sad personally, but it seems like kind of a sad character. Oh yeah, definitely. Once he's been through yeah. and where he's at and what yeah. he's seen, because we find out that he's the last of his name. Yeah. He was never married. He had no offspring. Mm-hmm. So when he dies, House Jacobs dies with him, as yeah. do the singers. He's exactly. the last singer. At least so, in Norda. At least in Norda, right, that, that we're aware of at this point in time. But um, also I think that, like, the king is the reason that Julian is still there. Like, if it weren't for him, Julian probably would be, you know, just... Right. Off somewhere else. Right, which well, is and why... Cal. And, and, and Cal. And he, yeah. Julian has a very... I think Julian has a clear love for Cal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're very close. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell in Cal's demeanor that the softness that he has and the caring heart that he has has got to come from the Jago side. Yeah, side they, they and not the Kalor side. close. They're not necessarily close right now. Right. But, but they, they were. when Cal was growing up, they were yes. close. Right. And so then we have we have a little send-off conversation for this chapter between Before. Julian and Mare. Right. So Julian has, t- has told her about his sister, mm-hmm. and he thinks they're responsible for his sister's death. She says mm-hmm. she knows what it's like to lose a loved one and tells him about mm-hmm. Shade also. So. Yeah. He didn't know that. That's a thing that he didn't know. Right. Cal left that part out. He's just going to make Mare tell everybody, isn't he? Yeah. He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? Well, Julian pretty much lays it on the line, though. He's like, mm-hmm. they killed my sister. They will kill Cal. They will kill you. They will kill me. Yeah. Do we want to read the quote? Yeah. I'll, I'll read the actual quote here. This is the end of the chapter. Okay. Um, Julian says, they killed my sister, too. She stood in the way, and she was removed. And they'll do it again to anyone they have to. Even Cal, even Maven, and especially you. Pretty sobering. Yeah. So yeah, but you... what's the rest of that? That's his. Someone else read it. Especially me, the little lightning girl. Yeah, that's what Mary does. I thought you wanted to change things, Julian. Uh, so Julian says, I do indeed, but these things take time, planning, and too much luck to count on. I don't want you getting in over your head. Too late. Too late. Yeah. Although she doesn't say that out loud. Yeah. She just thinks it. But, but she already did get it, right. in over her It's head. clear Julian, and I know her being, like, we keep discussing she's young. She's 17. She's like, I'm going to take this and run with this, and I'm going to do what needs to be done. I'm going to go join the Scarlet Guard. I'm going to do all this stuff. She doesn't realize that Julian, you can t- tell by this conversation that Julian has the same a lot of the same feelings that she does mm-hmm. about the whole situation, but he's been in it for a lot longer. He knows the silver's better, and he, I think he really had, wants to do it, the same thing she does to help the Reds, but she want, he wants to do it what he thinks is the right way without anybody getting hurt. I don't think he realizes that there may that not be such happen. a way. Right. Yeah, right. And it seems very much like that's what Corey Ann wanted as well. And she was removed, they right. say, because of it. So that kind of brings us to the end of chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to take a little time because we really can't get into 16 because there's so much that's going to happen in this next yeah. chapter. And it's we're at the halfway point, really. So we were going to mm-hmm. kind of do a little review and recap and bring us to where yeah. we are up to date right now. Yeah, 15 is kind of a weird... This is, this is a weird episode. It's, it's making for a very weird episode because... 14 has to be its own, and 16 has to be its own, so 15 just kind of lands in the middle. And it's right. in the middle, it's, you know, the halfway point of the book. And it's a good time to go over a couple of things and kind of bring yeah. us up, because once we hit chapter 16 on... It just takes off. Right. It just doesn't Stuff stop. kind of happens really fast. Is it dead serious? Oh, oh goodness gracious. <laughs> Insert rimshot sound effect here. So, do we want to do a quick rundown on 
houses and abilities? Do we want to do a quick review on everything we've touched on so far? Um, what do you guys want to hit in this review of the first half of the book? I'm going to run down through kind of the bullet points of what we've gotten through from chapter 1 to 15. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to break in with something you want to discuss or a specific character, I'll throw it to you. We can kind of okay. go into that. Because yeah. I just want to get a brief overview. We've been listening to the episodes. You've had a more in-depth review. We may go over the whole thing again at the end of the book. Yeah, I think at the end books. of the book we'll do like a bigger review, but but just kind of just now. so we all know where we're at. The first thing we do. Wait, hold on, just a second before we go into that. I just want to uh, give a note to the listeners, real quick, um, guys. We are approaching setting our episodes up for the end of the book when we get there, and we really want to do like a Q and A and have some information about the book um, when we finish the first one, Red Queen, before we move on to the next book in the series. So definitely get a hold of us on Instagram or send us an email at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com or on Instagram, we're just reading with the Rockefellers. We really love to hear how this book got you into this series and stuff like that. So just a quick uh, note to everybody, you know, we love when our fans interact with us. So hook up with us on social media or email so we can get your information and hopefully we'll compile it into a compilation episode for when we finish the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think probably now would be a good time to send in suggestions if we're going to do our post book one fan casting session mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, where we're going to go over all the characters from the first book. And who we think should be cast. And I want we want to hear also from those of you out there listening who you want to be cast. Mm-hmm. Who you Absolutely. think should. And Definitely. why, discussion yeah. topics, anything about it. Yeah. And we'll have some information about the, our fan cast episode on our Instagram uh, within a week or so as well. So find us online and let us know what your dream cast is or how this book series has affected your life. And you may just make it on the show. Yeah, I've got one person that I want to give a quick hello to on Instagram, a really awesome artist um, who does some cool work and agreed to let me share their information on Insta. So let me get this person's name and give you your proper shout out. Okay, hello to November underscore ever underscore art for the fantastic artwork that you did. And I'm going to show uh, my co-hosts this awesome picture of her idea of Mare and Maven and Cal all together. That's really good art. Yeah, isn't that amazing? She does really great work. Very sweet girl. So go check out her Instagram. Uh, November underscore ever underscore art. Can we put that on the... The YouTube version of our as one of the screenshots during there. Definitely, please send during this episode. Yeah, I'll get a hold of her and see them. Sorry, I don't want to mispronoun. I'm not sure, um, but I'll get a hold of them and see if uh, they'll let us use the art as long as we give them credit for it. Because oh, yeah. it's, I want you guys to be able to see it. If you don't get a chance to go check out their Insta. Um, I want you guys to be able to see this fantastic drawing. We can even put the information in the corner there of the art while it's yeah. scrolling across during the yeah, the YouTube broadcast of our, of this episode. That'd be nice. Yeah. That's really that's a really nice yeah. well so, done drawing. So get at us, guys, and you'll definitely get a shout-out on the show. We'd love to hear from fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so ready for some review. We're going to go through... Let's do this relative, like Bruce. Relatively yeah. quickly here. So the first thing... Are you ready for this? Okay, go ahead. Are we ready? We're yes. ready. We're done. It's enough shenanigans. So we start the book with Mare and Kalorn. Mare Barrow, obviously we meet, and Kalorn, who is her friend. We haven't heard a whole lot from Kalorn until chapter, yeah, 15 there. They're on their way to First Friday to see the feats. That's how we start, which is the obviously the Silvers competing against each other. And this is where we get the first view of the Silvers, where they're like superhuman, godlike. Yeah. Kaloran loves it. He's all in awe. Mare, not so much. Nah. Not her bag. Yeah. It's like me and football. A lot of other people like it, but it's just not for me. Right. So this is where we get our introduction to the Silvers and to Mare, who's our main character. Yeah. Then we find out about conscription. It's 
right away in the war at the choke where what we find out is when they turn 18, unless they have a job that's deemed like a necessary job, then they will end up going to war. Mm -hmm. Basically until they're either so injured they can't fight or they're dead. Yeah. You really don't come back. Much. The, the chance of coming back Unless you're is injured. Very yeah, pretty low. severely. But like you never come back the same. Right. Right. And we we learn that Mayor is 17 when she turns 18, she's going to be going. Her friend Kalorn, however, isn't going to go cuz he's apprenticing to be a fisherman, which is considered a, a quality job, so he'll be able to stay. But then mm-hmm. his fishing captain dies. Whoops. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. <laughs> so now Kalorn's going to have to go and get conscripted, and he's not handling it well. Yeah. So Mare, this is the first time where we see Mare's trait of having to save everybody. She thinks she's got to be the one that saves Kalorn. She so has she, the world's worst habit of trying to save a boy who's older than her. Right? He's she, only like three weeks older than her. She right? wants to save everybody. He's at least a month older. Oh, man. He's, <laughs> he's an old man. A week makes all the difference. <laughs> it does. So she comes up with a plan. She's going to go see Will, who's the one that helps her smuggle goods that she steals mm-hmm. as a pickpocket, and see if he smuggles stuff out. Why can't he smuggle people, people. out? Mm-hmm. So she goes to see Will, and this is where we first meet. Farley yes. of the Scarlet Guard. Now, Farley is one we want to kind of go into a little bit. Mm-hmm. Before we get to Farley, yeah. the war at the choke, there was something that you want to discuss about, that you wanted to read about the war at the choke, who, and the conscription about her family. Yeah. Mare is so upset that Kalorn is going to have to be conscripted after his master dies because... Literally every male member of her family has been conscripted. Her dad. Her dad. Her dad all three of her brothers. her brothers. And she is scheduled for conscription herself. She can't mm-hmm. save herself. Yeah. And now Kalorn, her best friend, who she was going to be able to save and hopefully have to look forward to coming home to when she's fighting the war herself, now he's going to have to go as well. So this is pretty much between this and losing their income with well, what happens, and we've already talked about it on the show, but what happens coming up in the story, you know, Mare is just freaking out. She takes on so much responsibility on herself. Right. Like I said, she thinks she has to take care of everybody. Of everybody. And she, and she, she take blames care of herself. herself for everything. For everything. Right. Yeah. Mare takes the blame for every single thing that goes wrong. Which is why it's like, this is the this is the straw that broke the camel's back. This is, this is it. Kalorn isn't going. That's what she's... So... We go to Will's, and Farley is there, and she asks Farley for help. And Farley says she'll help, but it's for, like, a lot of money, like a yeah. thousand crown per person. Per person. Insane amount of money for a, so yeah. a red living in the stills. And, and I, I do, I really want to go into Farley, I think, as a character, and kind of talk about her. Right, we've seen very little of her through the first 15 chapters, but she's a huge part of the overall story. Right. What do you want to discuss about Farley? Just kind of the part she's played up until this point. She kind of gave Mare hope, but also not, if that makes sense. I think overall she does give Mare hope because, you know, Shade's letter that the family received had... Rise Red as the Dawn in it. Farley says it. You know, Farley tells her about the Scarlet Guard here where she meets them. So I think that this part ultimately is hopeful for Mare because she learns that there is a resistance out there. There is an organization that's trying to do something. And that is not a concept that she would have been able to Mm -hmm. grasp having just been like told about it or hearing about it probably wouldn't have the effect as actually meeting somebody. Yeah. You know, that you can tell this person is a, is a rebel, you know, and that they're, they're fighting. She has actual proof. And you, you compound that with what happens coming up with the, which we discussed also with the bombing. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
and them taking the Scarlet Guard video with Farley in it taking credit. Right. Mm-hmm. She's at this point just scratching the surface, but she sees something that's like, oh my God, this is something that there is a resistance. And then suddenly Scarlet Guard's everywhere. Right. Was it well, always everywhere and she just didn't know it? I think so. Right. Because the, in the stilts, they don't have access to the TV programs that the Silvers have. You know, when she's in Somerton picking pockets and she's watching all the television shows and then the broadcast breaks in. These are something that she'd never seen before. So, you know, it, there's not a way to disseminate information to the Reds. Right. There is to the Silvers. You can get information to all the Silvers because they have the television screens. But the Reds just rely on word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And the Scarlet Guard has stayed pretty tight-lipped amongst yeah. Reds, but the the Silvers with the N seem to know a little bit more about it because of the bombing and mm-hmm. some more things that we'll find out. Right, and it seems like on. front and center in the Scarlet Guard is Farley. Farley, yeah, yeah. And I also want to ask, kind of everybody here. Uh, how you feel about Farley as a character? Like, do you like her or, like, personality-wise? At this point, I think... I know. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, do I like her as a character? Or, like, would I want to hang out with her and have tea? Um, as a character, I like the character because there's this real straightforward, no-nonsense... Yeah appeal about her that you can definitely see of someone who gets stuff done. Right. She's very to the point, all business, no messing around. We're just going to get this done. And then we're going to move on to whatever needs to get done next. Right. Because she has so much to do. And I don't think that Mare is used to seeing a woman in that kind of a role. Oh, no. I think the Silvers are very much, you know, part of a patriarchal system where the men have the power, you know, it's the girls that have to be paraded in front of the princes and the prince has to pick the girls. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's women in this society, even the silver women are still pretty much objects for their parents to use. Technically, that's only what's happened recently. There was actually a queen that was queen, like, on her own. And she actually had, she chose, like, she chose her king. Right, but that, that was, was like thing. a way back oh, yeah. that you learn about in Broken Throne. 100%, so yeah. the the still, it did present exist. rule of the Kalor family is and and the overall structure itself is pretty yeah pretty male dominated. So you know, Mare is like I'm a headstrong girl because I'm the main character in a YA novel. <laughs> I have to be strong. I have to be headstrong and stubborn and be able to handle what anybody throws at me because YA. Because they're going to throw a lot of stuff at me. Yeah. But she is learning so many different things about this other world and, you know, all these unbalances of power and things like that. You know, it's not... It's not as black and white or red and silver, per se, as you would think. You know what I mean? It's not. Mare finds out really quickly that the world, even the world she thought she had in the stilts, is not the world that really exists right. there. Yeah. And so she's, we've, we meet Farley here at this point, which is who we've been discussing. And Farley's going to help. So in order to get this money... To get to Farley so that she will help smuggle Kalorn and Mare away, they decide, they being Mare and Giza, to go to Somerton, where Giza normally goes for her job, and Mare's going to tag along and get in so she can pickpocket Silvers because she can make way more money there. Of course. So the first thing we notice when we get into Somerton is a little more foreshadowing when it comes to the electricity. Mm-hmm. Correct? Tell us a little more about that. So when Mare and Giza get into Somerton... Mare can tell that there are cameras there, even though she's not necessarily looking at them. This is kind of the first time we feel her. Uh, she kind of notice, notices something about the electricity, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, after the 
No, this is the first this time. Is the first this is time. the first time. Yeah. Okay. Because she's never really been surrounded by this much electricity before. Yeah. Growing up in the stilts. This is kind of the first her her first hint or our first hint in the book, other than some nice foreshadowing with the language the writer uses. We get this actual feeling where she's feeling the electricity. So while she's while she's trying to rob these silvers, we get a broadcast. This is about <gasps> the bombing at Archeon, correct? Yeah. And so it's put a lot of people on edge. Or you Archeon think? for you audio uh-huh. book people. Nope, no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but only in book one. Only in book one. So you then, the same reader. there's another report that comes out, another broadcast that comes over with a video of people claiming to be responsible. And it's a video of Farley. What? And the Scarlet Guard taking responsibility for this bombing. No. But Farley has her face covered with Correct. a scar. Mayor can only tell it's her by the eyes but and Mayor, voice. But Mayor knows it's her. Yeah. Which yes. I think, A, probably intimidates Mayor. I just talked to this woman and she's taking responsibility for killing Silvers. Yeah. Had she, like, just come from that? Or, right. you know. Like, yeah. So this also does another thing. And they're in, she's in Summerton with all these Silvers. So they start looking for all the Reds they can find because... It's the Scarlet Guard. They start yeah. freaking out and basically attacking Red. So Mayor's like, we got to get up out of here. So her and Giza try to get out. Mayor does, hasn't gotten anything. So on the way out, Giza tries to, and she's not Mayor. She doesn't have quick hands. She yeah. tries to steal from a silver and gets caught and gets her hand crushed, which ruins her whole opportunity to make money for the family. Yeah, because... I mean, we haven't covered it in the review. We covered it in the regular episode, but Giza works making dresses. She yeah. does embroidery. Right. She's, a, she's a seamstress. So this ruins everything for her. I so, think the worst part about that situation, too, is that Mare blames herself. Right. 100%. Because Mare blames herself for everything. everything. That's why she right. thinks she's such a screw-up, because gets, she literally blames herself she for everything. She gets Giza home, problems. and the first, what does she do? She does what Mare does best. She Run! Runs. Run! This, yeah. th- this is where she ends up at that tavern out on the outskirts and she meets Cal. She doesn't know it's the prince at the time. She just thinks it's a swole. Just a very just a very swole man. Just a swole man. It's, Mom has something very funny. He has warm skin and is super swole. Is that what he, she he says? He be Cal. His name be Cal. His name it doesn't say Cal. swole in the book. But, but we all know should've. he's swole. It's, it's, I think she says buff or something like, you know. She, Muscular, notice, she notices that he's something. thick right off the bat. <laughs> thick? That's a he's, fun word to yeah, use. Yeah, with two C's. Thick, thick McPrince face? Yeah. He's basically Maui from Moana <laughs> with shorter hair. Oh. Uh, and way lighter skin. Uh, um, ah. Uh. <laughs> so, but this is I also to mentally Photoshop. That. She also Thanks. puts two and two together and realizes that Shade was part of the Scarlet Guard, and she thinks about the letter. Yeah, as well. But we've got some other stuff with Cal. Yeah, his skin is warm. That was really funny. Super swole, <laughs> just like Maui. His skin is warm. You can attest to that. Yeah, I mean, she said it in the book. Not, not making stuff up. She said it. But he he does all kinds of weird things that she wouldn't expect a stranger to do. He gives her money yeah. because he says, you obviously need this more than I do mm-hmm. if you're trying to steal from me. He offers Why to walk would, her home. Yeah, offers to walk her home so he can, she, he can see where she lives. He's asking her all these questions about the stilts that and the villages and stuff. It's the, like... The, I'm going to walk you home. Hey, and then she starts asking her a bunch of personal questions. Like, that part got a little yeah. creepy. Mare, stay sexy and don't get murdered. Okay? <laughs> you need to slow SSD- your roll down. SSDGM. That's right. And she's just like, you know, like, because this guy is basically love bombing her. He's giving her money. He's offering her a job. You know, he's taking interest in her and nobody's ever taken interest in her before. In fact, her main goal is to stay out of sight Uh so she can do what she does. This guy caught her and instead of being furious with her and punishing her, he's giving her money and offering her a job. Like, what is this dude all about? Yeah. And like kindly offering to walk her home so that she doesn't. Like, get into any trouble? Yeah, give her oh. give her a job, because now Giza, she tells him about Giza, and that mm-hmm. her hand is broken, and he's like, well, this will help support your family, 
You know, like, why Why would somebody that she tried to steal from care so much? She loves Swolkow. So the next morning starts, like a lot of mornings do in the stilts. With Someone breaking their sentinels door down. busting your door down and wanting to search your house. This is normal. I want to stress that this is like a routine Yeah, they're thing. used to it. They're, they're 100% used to they it. They have like a script for what they got to do. This is like, this is so normal that it's just, it doesn't phase them. They're just like, oh, door burst open again. Let's go see. Yep, must be time for but a But this search. time they yeah. do take something from the house. What do they take? Uh, mayor. And they kind of give her parents, like, a perfunctory explanation. Like, she got a job. She's going to go work. You know, you'll hear from her, blah, 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 whatever. And then they're gone. Pretty much. Yeah. And she's on her way to the palace. Wee. And she ends up, this is where we meet Walsh, another servant. Yes. And so Mary is up being a servant. And she's under the impression that Cal must have gotten her a job here. Because he was a servant also, and that he was able to get her a job. Right, and he must have been a high-up servant because he had, like, a butt-ton of money on yeah. him. Right, and he, he was had super, lots of money. Super he must swole. have been some kind of supervisor or something Yeah, that a Karen would want to talk to if she wasn't happy with her service at the palace. Let me talk to your swole cat. Let me talk to your swole-pervisor. <laughs> Mother? And out, out comes Callie has to turn sideways because really he can't fit horizontally. You really worked hard, hard, hard for that one. He doesn't yeah. use doors. He just walks through the walls and creates a swole Cal-sized hole. Right. I really don't like this vision of Cal we got going. So, she's this isn't a, what he's like. I picture like when Spongebob puts on his like sweatband and he's going to go lift weights or whatever and instantly like his upper body is like 15 times bigger than it normally is. That's swole Cal. That's swole Cal. Does, does Cal skip leg day? Never! He does not. So she's a servant during Queen's trial. Yeah. Which is Get going to the on palace, currently. Busy like a beehive. High families everywhere. All these colors and everything that she knows nothing about. She just knows they're silvers because she's seen the boats on the river before around Somerton. So they give her a uniform and pretty much just like shove her out onto the serving platform to start serving all of these and people. She immediately trips and falls into the giant lightning shield. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's immediate. It's more complicated it's more or than less. That, but it's basically exactly yeah. what would happen if I tried to do something like that. <laughs> but you're not Mare. Right. Mare's supposed she to be. She doesn't really trip though. That's true. In Mare's defense, she does not trip. She falls because of something that Evangeline did. Right. And she actually tries to move, but then somebody else knocks, bumps into her and knocks her over the railing. So it wasn't yes. her fault. Right. Right. She I was trying real I hard. I didn't say it was her fault. We get the the fall of Mare Barrow and the rise of Lady Marina Titanos, basically. <laughs> right. She oh. falls, doesn't die, which is what should have happened, and shocks exactly. the shocked <laughs> shocks everybody. It shocks the world. <laughs> because she just gets Sorry. up. And yeah. it almost kills Evangeline. Right, yeah, and it herself. almost kills somebody. Blows a bunch of stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then runs. Does what she does. Runs. She runs. Yeah. There's a big explosion. There's a bunch of fire. And she basically passes out in the smoke right after hearing somebody that sounds strangely like Cal say, I'm sorry. And his voice is swole, too. <laughs> so swole voice. He has a very swole voice. You can hear his swoleness in his tone. Swole he knows too. he's swole. So she wakes up with someone messing with her mind. Right. She's going through her memories. Coming back through all these memories, reliving all these things. And this is Alara, the queen, looking through her mind. Because that's yeah. what she do. That's what she be doing. She be a silver. Or a whisper. Yeah. And they can, <laughs> they can manipulate minds. Correct. Yeah. That's their thing. So this is where the big lie starts. Yay. They're going to turn Mare into a silver and say she's a silver, a long-lost silver. And Mare is, I think at this point, sees an opportunity in the one way maybe she can actually do something after everything that she blames herself for and uses hands and everything else that she's done wrong that she thinks in her mind. She's going to use this to get her brothers and Kalorn out of the conscription. So she says, I'll do this, but I want this. Yeah, because part of the bargain is also if she has to marry the youngest prince. 
Ew. 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 Wait, but it's Timothy Chalamet. Mm, slightly less ew. Ew. Oh, sorry. Kind of. <laughs> but she's slightly like, okay, less. I'll play along with your game because, I mean, what choice does she have at this point? But she figures she might as well shoot the moon and say, just... I'll play your game, but I want all of my brothers home. Mm-hmm. I want my family taken care of financially. Yeah. And I want to save Kalorn Warren from conscription. Yeah. So she just and makes Alara's all these like, deals she shouldn't none? be able to make. Right. Mare shouldn't be able to make these conditions. No, they shouldn't even be able to, they shouldn't be listening to a red doing any kind of negotiating. She doesn't understand yeah. what's going on. Yet. Right. But she's like, nah, they're going to give me what I ask for, so I'm going to ask for exactly what I want, and she gets it. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how smart Silvers yeah. really are. So then we, we go straight to the feast. The king gets up and tells the lie in front of everybody, so now it's out there. It's yeah. out there. It's yep. got to be true. That's right. It's out there. Mm-hmm. We go through some really boring proposals. Yes. Where both of the princes have to ask their Reluctantly, I might add. But they yeah, say, neither one of them is very excited about this. No, what's funny is they say the exact same thing. It's like, it's literally just like this this whole written proposal that they have to memorize, and it's just like, sub-in name here. Right. I, insert prince name here, take you... Insert future, future princess, princess name, name here. here. Yeah. And this is also when we fi- they finally announced that Evangeline is the one that won Crane's trial like we didn't know. <gasps> oh my and that's God, who Cal what? has to. What? Has no choice but to propose to. Propose to Evangeline. That's so crazy. Nobody yeah. saw that coming, right? No, everybody, everybody saw, saw that coming. coming. And yeah. we also get more mentions here in this time period when she's at the feast of Mare filling the cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. We get some whining from Maven. He's all upset because normally the second son gets to choose his bride. That's one of the benefits for being passed over for the crown, is that you get to choose your bride, and now he has to marry this lie of a girl. Nobody's happy right now. All the teenagers... Not happy. Being teenagers, you know, whiny, always angry about their situation, regardless of how good they have it. I'm gonna teenagers. I'm gonna play this back for you someday, Mia. Right. Lots of sighing and eye rolling <laughs> and foot stomping. I'm sure I can see it all in my head. Yeah. Then to top everything off, Mare has to go back to school the next day. Right, she oh gets my a God. schedule. <laughs> she has protocols, she has lessons, she has to eat with the royals. And Evangeline and the other Queen's Trial girls and their family Which because makes they're not really going happy. home yet. Oh yeah, she's super stoked. Super stoked. Super stoked. But we do get to meet Tr- Julian. Yay! Yay! Julian, what's up? We've talked about Julian a lot on the show already. We basically read every word that he says line for line because mm-hmm. it's all gold. Yeah, Julian in this house is like Norm on Cheers. Yeah. And yeah. he just shows up in the book world. Yeah. like, Julian, what's up? Actually, he's kind of more like Kane in Kung Fu. How's, how's life, Julian? Like Taking every, forever. <laughs> every, like, every time he opens his mouth, it's just like these pearls of wisdom fall out. <laughs> it's just like beauty. Yeah. It yeah. Exits. Truth bombs all over the place to Mare. But and he says it in the most wise and polite way possible. Pretty much, yeah. Mare also... Which we find out at the end of this, we found out at the end of this chapter, uh... Why that is. Yeah. Mare also seems to start kind of finding herself starting to trust Maven a little bit, and then she starts, keeps telling herself, he's Alara's son. What's funny is she she kept telling herself it's Alara's son, and then in the next chapter she was like, oh, I don't know, he's not that bad. It's like, Mare, girl! Yeah. See previous episode with all the times when we were like, Mare, girl, put yourself together. Nope. Nope. She will not. But then also in one of the trainings, Mayor Julian finds out that Mayor can create electricity. Yeah, not just yeah. manipulate it. Not just manipulate it. She and can actually create it. She's and even that more is powerful normal. than Silvers, and this freaks her out. So what does she do? Run. Oh, runs. Right. Yeah. Exactly what she does best. Did the Stilts High School have a cross-country team? Because she would have been perfect. I don't even think the stilts had a high school. Oh, I think, you, I think wow. it's just kind of like school. You just kind of go and just... You until know, until, until you, you get drop out and need to work to support your family. Or, or get she would have been good. That's about it. She would have been. She would have been like 
twelve time all state champion or something like that. So yeah. she runs she off. She goes to nationals like every the, every year. The Sentinels catcher Mayor Maven shows up, stops the Sentinels, tells them to leave, and tells her he thinks he can help them. They have a really sweet conversation in the rain, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a sweet conversation. They have like the the perfect romantic conversation. Like it's pouring rain. <laughs> he ran out to save her. And his help it's so sweet, his, and I hate it. His help is getting her home, trying to get her to be able to go home. But he can't do it. He can't do it. Cal has to do it. Right. So <laughs> because who's the Cal. one that sneaks out of the palace? Cal. Cal. Little bro can't do it. Big bro got it. Big bro's got to take over. Yeah. So she gets on a motorcycle that she's never been on before, and that's hilarious. After watching she it has... on garage open, which is hilarious because she's never seen a garage <laughs> right. automatically open. She has the open. funniest reactions to things I that like so we much. just like understand, like elevators, garage doors. Motorcycles freak me out, too. Right. But still. So she goes back home to her house, and she's visiting with her family. Uh, she finds out that... They've gotten a bunch of money, and that what? all of her brothers have been called back home what? from the front. How did that happen? Crazy, right? That's so weird. Everybody's in the house but Shade, because as we found out, Shade was executed. No! For running. No! For desertion. For desertion. Yeah. No. So Mare gets like... Uber peeved. And starts to... And starts to electrify pretty much everything in the house. So, the gig is up. The jig is up. She's She kind of got to tell her family about, I'd say, like 87.5% of the truth. <laughs> very, very uh, precise. Did you yeah, calculate that? I did some calculations. You know how he is with statistics. That's, That's true. Gotta be accurate. He's also a quick math kind of person. So, she tells them that by staying at the Capitol, or by staying at the palace eventually the capital, that they will help her understand her power, where it came from, how to control it, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Even though he's safe from conscription, Kalorn throws a huge fit. Of course he does. Huge fit. See? He gets Teenager. super mad and blames it on the silvers. And then Mare's like, okay, cool, fam. Well, I got to bounce. <laughs> And she's like, Kalorn's just going to get mad and be angry somewhere. So they... She's going to go pout somewhere. Yeah. Corner. She goes back to Will's. Well, yeah. She tells Cal she wants to go back to the palace, but on the way they need to make a stop. And right. they stop at Will's. No Farley this time. Sorry. No, just just <laughs> Tristan, right? Unfortunately for Dad, there's right. no Farley. We do meet Tristan, a member of the Scarlet Guard. Yeah, he's, he's a, definitely a fun guy, isn't he? He's like the anti-Farley to me. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. He's just they're, annoying. Yeah. They're just the opposite people. I mean, he still gets things done, but in the wrong way. He's just yeah, he's like a troop dancer on Dancing with the Stars. Like one of those background dancers. Not good enough to get an actual <laughs> get partner. An actual and he partner. just runs his mouth yeah. about how good all he is. He doesn't actually... Pretty much. He's Farley's he's, just so straight to the point. She, yeah, he's, he's like all a, bark, no bite. Yeah. So Mare, being the... Rebel that she is. Almost like you're saying being the rational person who always weighs her options before making a decision. Totally. (laughs) Being the wild, aloof rebel that she is, she joins the Scarlet Guard. Yeah. She says the little chant that all their club members say. Yeah. Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Heine Ho. You're in the Scarlet Guard. She goes through the whole little, like, initiation thing. It's really cute. Everybody spits in their hand. They have a five-minute handshake. Yeah. (laughs) And then Mare is also thinking to herself that Kalorn is going to do the same thing. He's going to go find Farley and he's going to join her because now he's so mad at what the Silvers have done to Mare. He even says that to them. as On the way back, Cal senses that someone's there and it's Kalorn following them. And he comes out and basically tells her he's going to join the Scarlet Guard. I'll tell Farley you. You said hi. You said hi. Yeah. Which is kind of intimidating again to Mare because she's like, I don't know where I stand with Farley. I'm right. Just, I'm being turned into the Silver Queen now, and like, yeah. I just, she's the enemy to the Silvers. Like, sure, I just joined the Scarlet Guard, but, like, what's actually going to happen? Right. Like, how is this going to be received? I still have to live my days at the palace. Right. So, then she wakes up the next day with this shadowy figure, as we discussed today, and she thinks she's dead. She's like, I'm screwed. Yeah, this is it. This is Immediately. It. She's so pessimistic. She is. Very pessimistic. Well, it's kind of like 
MJ in No Way Home. If you expect to be disappointed, then you'll never be disappointed. That's not an exciting way to live your life. No, it's really not. But then she gets a new schedule, and we meet Walsh. It's just Walsh standing there. She gives her the message from the Scarlet Guard, which says midnight. Yeah, which in this chapter means nothing, but... It will mean something eventually Very in the soon. next episode, so stay tuned for that. In the next episode. Coming up on the next episode of Reading with the Rockefellers. <laughs> That's a really good voice. Then she goes to training, which is new, where she ha- gets to run a little bit, which she liked, and then she realizes that they have telkies out there moving stuff while she's trying to run. So training kind of stinks for Mare. But everybody else loves it. Right. <laughs> Just Particularly Evangeline. Exactly. Yeah. Evangeline enjoys and the other this a QT little girls. too much. Evangeline's just such a... You know, yeah. the word I'm not going to use on the family-friendly podcast. Right. And then back to training with Julian, yeah. where Mare tells Julian that her brother was killed. And Julian, Julian tells Mare about his sister Corian. was killed because she got in the way of the Silvers. Yeah, so and they, they kind of have something in common. not hesitate cute. to kill Mare, too. Yeah. yeah. Kind of get a stern warning at the very end from Julian about they will kill anyone that's in their way. Especially when it comes to Alara. Yeah. He doesn't really specifically say they, who they are when he's talking to her. Right. But we all know who he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's not It's not really any kind of secret. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you guys this week covering Chapter 15 and then our review of the book up until now. We want to thank everybody for listening this week. Just a reminder, interact with us on social media. We love to hear from our fans. You can send us an email at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram. Give us a follow. You can comment on all of our posts. Uh, We will post that fan art that we were talking about. As long as I can get permission from that artist, we'll post that fan art on our Instagram. That is readingwiththerockefellers, all spelled out. You can find us on Twitter at RockefellerRead. Where you can check out our website where it's got our blog, all of our beautiful faces, and you can find all of our episodes there. And that is uh, www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. So again, thanks everybody for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.